0: Good morning, everyone. This is Father Nate, missionary priest in Italy. Today is November 7th of 2023, and we're celebrating Tuesday of the 31st week in Ordinary Time. Today's Gospel comes to us from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 14, verses 15 through 24. One of those at table with Jesus said to him, Blessed is the one who will dine in the kingdom of God. He replied to him, a man gave a great dinner, to which he invited many. When the time for the dinner came, he dispatched his servant to say to those invited, Come, everything is now ready. But one by one, they all began to excuse themselves. The first said to him, I have purchased a field and must go to examine it. I ask you, consider me excused. And another said, I have purchased five yoke of oxen and am on my way to evaluate them. "'I ask you, consider me excused.' "'And another said, "'I have just married a woman, "'and therefore I cannot come.' "'The servant went and reported this to his master. "'Then the master of the house in a rage "'commanded his servant, "'Go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town, "'and bring in here the poor and the crippled, "'the blind and the lame.' "'The servant reported, "'Sir, your orders have been carried out, "'and still there is room.' "'The master then ordered his servant,' Go out to the highways and head and make people come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited will taste my dinner. In today's gospel, one of Jesus' fellow dinner guests remarks, Blessed is the one who will dine in the kingdom of heaven. Meaning, blessed is the one who, who makes it to heaven. But Jesus replies with a parable just about exactly the sort of people who are going to make it there. To make sense of the parable, we first need to consider the way banquet invitations worked. Then second, the excuses of the people who refused to come. And third, the people who were finally invited and came. Now first, biblical historians confirm, and Luke makes it clear, that there were two invitations to the feast. There was a sort of save the date, an invitation that the feast was approaching, and then a second message when the feast was ready. Now, these invited guests accepted the first invitation, but when the feast comes around and that second invite is sent, the guests make excuses. Now, it should be noted that in biblical culture, to accept the first invitation, but to scorn or to refuse the second, was considered the height of insult, tantamount to war. The implication is that the people should have been at the feast, and they knew that. And yet now something's come up that's taken precedence. So what are the, the sort of excuses that these people come up with? That's our second point. Well, the excuses that they have are, are pretty lame. The first two are, I have purchased a field and must go to examine it. And the second, I have purchased five yoke of oxen and I'm on, on my way to evaluate them. Like So those are extremely unlikely, right? Who buys oxen or land without having looked them over first? I purchased a field and I have to go look at it. No, you want to look at it and then you need to go purchase it. Or I need to look at the oxen and then I'll buy them. Not the other way around. And yet, these both ask to be considered excused. And the third just assumes he'll be, ex- he'll be excused, right? He says, I've just married a woman and therefore I can't come. So one wonders why he, he couldn't bring his wife. Or at the very least, why he couldn't have foreseen something as important as his wedding and then sought to inform the host. Now, again, none of these excuses are are bad things, right? Buying oxen and and buying fields is is fine and getting married is certainly okay, but the point is this that's not what they needed to be doing right at that moment. They had forgotten what was really important. And so, lastly, it calls our attention who actually gets to go to the feast, right? The poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame, right? These ones didn't make any excuses. (laughs) And indeed, on the contrary, The poor couldn't afford to buy oxen. The blind couldn't go to examine real estate. And the poor, maimed, lame, and blind were not usually given in marriage. This crowd would be hungry and lonely, and only too happy to accept an invitation. Now when the first guests are unwilling to come, these ones are eager for an invite that they didn't accept. An invite that they hadn't expected, but they were very excited to accept. Now, there's two things that we can take away for our lives from this gospel. First, at every moment, God is calling us to serve him, to draw near to him. Now, there are many, many good things in this world, and there's many fine things that we could be doing out there. But the only one that matters is doing the one that God wants. St. John Vianney said there's no two good ways to serve God. There's only one, to serve him as he desires to be served. No two good ways to serve God. There's only one. You do what he wants. The right thing is only right at the right time, in the right place, in the right way. So we can ask ourselves, how submissive are we to God's will? Secondly, those who ultimately got to attend the feast were all in need. Luke uses a very specific word for poor. It's ptokos. Right? That means the person who has absolutely nothing, usually translated as deeply destitute, completely lacking earthly resources, helpless as a beggar. But that's our position with respect to God. Do we realize that? That we're absolute beggars, deeply, completely destitute, who are in desperate need of Him and of His mercy. Because only when we realize that will we truly approach Christ with all our needs. So today, through the intercession of Mary, the handmaid of the Lord, Let's ask for the grace to hear Christ's call and in our poverty to give ourselves entirely to him according to his will.